Hey, Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. That is me. And today we're talking <laughs> about empaths gone wrong. Like, you know, you always have to look into the shadow of oneself. And we're going to do that with the empath thing. And we're also going to do aura pop culture. So much going on in pop culture. And like, we have to talk about it in aura color. But hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. How's it going? Crazy thing happened. It was your birthday. Yeah, well, I wanted to, uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Jump in. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, no pleasantries today. No. <laughs> so a few months back, we were taping an episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And this did not make it to the podcast. This is like lost footage. We have it somewhere. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't. Actually, you're right. We don't I have it. it. You deleted it? Yeah. <gasps> wow. It has my grandfather speaking on it. All right, it. just okay. tell the story. All right. Anyway, so... <laughs> We were doing me- – we were going to do like some mediumship – you were going to do some mediumship readings on me mm-hmm. and you started to do it and my people, as you've told me before, come in very strongly. They do. Okay. So my mm-hmm. grandfather, Irving, came in very yeah. strongly. My grandma, Annie, came in yeah. really strong. You like cousins and aunts Yeah, and they were all coming in. People were, I don't know. They were taking yeah. flights, everything, you know, train, <laughs> whatever, cruise ship. Um, and one person who you know I was very close to and the family – you know, everyone in the family was pretty very close to – uh, was uh, my cousin Annette. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she came in with a message really that she is displeased with my mother. Now, we're well, not going to go into why. Well, she just came in very strong. Yeah. yeah. Like very, very strong. And we had to end it because I was getting too anxious. Right. And you were sweating. And, and I, I was, was like, like, I don't think this is going to make a good podcast episode. And right. I think we just scrapped it. Yeah. yeah we scrapped it. Because um, I got very emotional. I got really stressed out. Yeah. And had like kind of a like a panic moment. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was really a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I, can, I can tell you're almost even panicking yeah, a little I, bit I'm right now. It, yeah. And I could feel your energy kind of shifted. It's a lot of anxiety and direct. So, right. Yeah. So, and that came in very strongly. And again, with a little bit of nastiness towards my mother, but we're, we're, okay. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Don't bring me in on this. Right. I hate feeling this like, is all me. This is all me. To shoot the messenger. No, no. This is me. <laughs> so anyway, so we went out the, the other night, uh, to dinner for your social birthday. distance. It was very good. I actually loved the, the seating because you had like your own little like swing table. So we had our own table. Yeah. Uh, it was myself. You were there. Yes, you, I, I was. I, I did invite you Thanks. to come to my birthday. It's <laughs> a really rare treat. <laughs> I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, I probably should invite her. Uh, I invited the kids. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents. Right. <laughs> okay. So we're, <laughs> you know, we're, we, we're eating dinner, and my mom ordered a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no big deal. And, like, I don't know, how long into the dinner would you say oh God, I don't even this know. This happened. Like... 30 minutes maybe okay so like 30 minutes into the dinner what happened the glass just the glass just fell off the table onto her right and we thought maybe she was a klutz we're like okay so she spilled wine okay yeah okay i thought but she was like i didn't do that i didn't i didn't touch anything i didn't do that like she was very adamant right and i didn't really believe her i just thought you know yeah you and your dad are joking can't take her anywhere yeah can't take her anywhere yeah you know, and it's like a whole scene and, you know, she's got to clean, like she's cleaning her shirt and like, you think the wine will get out? Do you think the wine? I'm like, no, just throw it out. You know, some got in my sock and I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw the sock out. She's like, no, no, I have a stain stick. Yeah. It was like a whole, yeah. It yeah. Was it was a like thing. a whole thing. Okay. So then, you know, she, she told this to the waiter and basically, uh, she, you know, wanted a new glass of wine cause she felt it wasn't her fault. It just fell. Right. So the waiter brought her a new glass of wine. Right. The dinner continued mm-hmm. and then... You saw it. I mean, I 
saw it happen. Right. The glass was at least two inches into the table. Okay, it wasn't on the edge. There, um, there was no wind, nothing. It just, I saw the glass move on its own and onto her. And I just saw, I saw that. That's and, what I saw. Yeah. And, and it, it just ex- exploded. It exploded. I, I felt the like The glass this, like exploded. It was really weird. Like it, how it happened, it felt very strange. It felt like the glass had just like imploded. That, it, didn't, yeah. it didn't, I didn't even think it hit the ground. When it broke. I think no, it that broke, can happen. I think it broke midair. Did you remember that one time I touched a glass and it exploded? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah. that, and if you at home, if you guys have ever, listeners, has that ever happened to you? Like, or a light bulb explodes, in, like, just above your head, or, like, you just touch, that's a thing. Right. So, yeah, it just, it exploded, and it, it was, like, wine bomb. Wine bomb. <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole outdoor restaurant, like, oh, everyone, everyone, everyone noticed, too. Everybody It noticed. was weird. Like, everyone was like, oh. Yeah, and it was so weird. My mom even said, and she's like, oh, is it a ghost? Is it, what, what is this? Are she's you, like, this, I didn't do that. Yeah, is and, this place haunted? And you guys were like, okay, and you were quiet, and I think your dad was about to tease her again or something, and I was like, I, your mom didn't, she was sitting back. Right. And I'm like, she, I saw it happen. I don't feel like it was her fault. Right. Like something moved that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I was going to make fun of her too, but then it, it didn't feel even right to make fun of her. I, I couldn't speak. I was like, I, yeah. yeah, it was like crazy. So, you know, we, we made a couple jokes that this is place haunted, whatever. Is there a ghost that's doing this? My mom said that. So anyway, fine. Then we leave the restaurant. Separate cars. Separate cars. We get in the car and you tell me. I'm like, I think Annette did it. Right. I think Annette did. I just felt like, because you said, well, do you think that place was haunted? I go, no, I feel like that was family, and I feel like it was Annette. Right. My cousin that had passed about three years passed. ago that we just talked yes. about. Um, so, so you're like, and I'm like you, my usual self. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe, like whatever, you know, whatever. Laha. Maybe it was haunted. Maybe there was the wind, this, right. that, or whatever. So we get back to the house. For my par- cake. For cake. My parents come in a separate car. Uh, they get to the house, and then... My mom says. She says that she's like randomly. She said, um, you know, this is, I, I don't know the Jewish word for it, but it's the like, date of her death. Date it's, of her death. Uh, uh, her, it's her Jewish death anniversary. I don't know how else to say it. And that day was the date, like the, on the Jewish calendar. Yeah. Yarksy, I think I said that wrong. But it's know. something like the date of when she died. Right. So it was like a death. It was a portal day. Portal day, yeah. Yeah, it was a portal day for her. But it was so crazy. And I looked at her. I'm like, oh my God. I looked at you. I'm like, like, oh my we're God. All like, freaked out. Because of the car ride. You're like, it was a net. <laughs> and we were all just like totally freaked. But isn't that crazy? Like, like you know, how strong in spirit is a net that she could do that? That, the, the, I mean, those were, they were heavy glasses. They weren't like light little flimsy glasses. And that's, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot. And that's very strong in spirit, though. Yeah. Like, I. Because the other day, I randomly was looking um, in the glove compartment where I always keep everything. And I found the last birthday check she gave you ever with her little $18. It was her last birthday. And you never cashed nope. it. You know, and, cash it. And I just found it. And I'm like, oh, hi, Annette. You know, she, like, she pops in like little, yeah. little things here and there um, to say hello. And then she just right. threw wine. That's crazy. Annette, I'm going to play the Powerball <laughs> on Saturday. If you would like to just write some numbers down on a mirror. Or something like that? Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, if you throw two glasses of wine at someone, you're kind of upset with the person, I would think, in spirit. Well. I mean, it wasn't like a friendly gesture, like a, like a feather falling in your lap. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you know, something like that. But I will 
say this, like, I think some people need stronger signs because they're ignoring the little ones. Right. So, you know, quite literally, you might need wine thrown in your face. Twice. Twice, (laughs) because you didn't pay attention to all the other little tiny things that may have been her way of saying hello. Yeah. So. Or basically saying I'm annoyed with you. Which I love you. I I love you, but. But, you know, change what you're doing. Or something like that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. My mom listens to this, so she's going to oh, yell at me, but that's fine. It's not my fault, Helene. No, okay. it's not your fault. Okay. <laughs> so moving on, that, that was a quick, uh, well, kind of went long, but uh, well, I'll, se- I'll segue. Talking. All right. We've been together 20 years, and I always made the joke that you live under a rock. Yes. Under, yes. And you even made a song about it. I made a song it. about it. Under a rock I'll he lives. I'll spare everyone. But the lyrics go, under a rock he lives. <laughs> under a rock he lives. <laughs> Under a rock, he lives. His name is Scott. Because you never know what's going yes. on. I was. Am I still the 1998 man? We called you 1998 man. Like you don't really know music after 1998, right. but before you're like a pro. Right. I still have an AOL email that says the 1998 man at aol.com. <laughs> That's just who you are. That's who I am. So, anyways, um, there's a lot of. I get a lot of your requests. Like, can you read this person? Can you read this couple? Let us know what's going on. Like all this like current event, pop culture stuff in aura color. So we put together, well, I put together a list and Scott knows nothing about it. So we're calling this segment Mystic Michaela brings Scott up to date yes. on pop culture. All right. So I did my research and the first couple that I was sent to uh, research was Miranda Lambert and Blake Skeleton. Shelton. Shelton. Okay. So Miranda Lambert and Blake Shelton. So I don't follow, like, I don't really follow them at all. I couldn't find anything. There's a lot out there. Every time there's something in the news about them, I kind of even ignore it. But everybody always asks me, you know, why didn't they make it work? Why didn't they last? What really happened? Okay. Who, first of all, who are they? They're country music singers. And I think Blake Shelton's on The Voice. He's one of the, and what happened was, okay, so they were married. All right. And... Nobody knows what happened. Like when they got divorced, it was a lot of he said, she said stuff. Okay. In, in the press. How or long were they married for? I have no idea, honestly. No idea. Okay. okay. Um, and, and, you know, it's like in Hollywood world, maybe long or something. Like, long for like them. Like three months? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, so Blake Shelton goes on The Voice, and then he and uh, who's that? Um, Gwen, Gwyneth. Oh my Paltrow? God. Gwen no, Paltrow. that other one, the singer. Gwen. Uh, oh my God. Uh, Stefani. Uh, Gwen Stefani. Okay. You know, uh, B-A-N-A-N-A. Yes, that one. She okay. sings that song. Um, she was married to Gavin Rosdale at the at the time. Remember him? Never mind. I have Moving no on. This no. 90s. You should know Gavin Rosdale. Gav- no. Anyways, right. she was married to him, and then her and Blake fell in love. And so basically, okay. he left Miranda for her. Uh, for Gwen Stefani? Yeah. And okay. then she left her husband. I don't know. Something like that happened. So like right. it, it was like real fuzzy with like endings and beginnings and whatnot. So... I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to finally do it. I'm going to look at their pictures and like what the heck happened here. Tell so me. Miranda's yellow and blue. Okay. And yellows and blues have this thing like where they don't want other people to feel their feelings. So they can be a little bit reserved. And Blake Sheldon is green and purple. Okay. And green people are good at like, I don't know, like navigating how other people see things. And he's purple. So he's like very charming. He's got that vibe. And people just naturally kind of like him. So I feel like when they broke up, what happened was he, I don't feel like he was a good boy. Let's just say that. I feel like he had some sort of like, wandering eye or something. Like or something? Something like that. Okay. And, I, and, and I don't know this. It's just what I feel looking yeah. at their aura pictures for their aura colors. I just get that what happened was he went out and 
he wanted to spin what it looked like one way. And she's very yellow blue. And I don't feel like she felt she could fight that, like fight his charm, like just the way that he makes people like him, the way he's really good at convincing people here, this is how it went. And he believes that's how it went. So I feel like it got nasty a little bit in the media because of that, because he would be like, this is how it went. He would say things. And then she would, because she's not used to expressing herself. When you're not used to expressing yourself, it can come out very like, I don't know, almost mean or jaded sounding or something. So it would ma- it made her look a certain way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So she was yeah. like holding back and then she'd let it all out. And then I feel like people were like, oh, where'd that come from? So like if I was talking to her, I'd be like, you use your yellow as a shield and okay. you have to let your blue out more. But um, that's what I feel like happened there. Really? Okay, so is Miranda Lambert with anyone now or no? Oh, that's a good question. You're, okay, we don't yeah, know. Um, uh, are they twin flamesies too? No. Are they no. soulmates? No, no, no. Are karmic, they just, like just a karmic connection. Two people that came together yep. that might not have, should just, have had. Whatever. Yeah, it's just, you know, well, I mean, nothing's not for nothing. You know, like you learn stuff or yeah. whatever. All right. So the first one, Miranda Lambert, I'm now educated, and Blake Skeleton. Okay. Yes. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So the second one mm. I did some research for, actually the research came to me. Oh, yeah? This was really strange. Yeah. Uh, I was just doing some lawn work. <laughs> I kind of like saw like some like shadow like around our property. Oh, my God. And it was like, we have like this fence. And yeah. this, I saw this like kind of figure jumped the fence. Oh, he jumped it? He jumped it. Like a gazelle. No, we have we have steps. No, we, I think there was he like, jumped there, it. No, I had I actually had effortlessly. No, I actually had a ladder next to the to the fence, <laughs> and then he used the ladder, he and then he went over, over the fence. Okay, but uh, I'm like, and then I saw him, and I'm like, hey man, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I don't know, my name's Colton. How are you? <gasps> oh my so, god, I figured he's stalking you. Oh, is that yeah, Cassie <laughs> and Colton? <laughs> so, no, this is really actually serious and terrible and triggering. Okay, um, Colton. So there's this whole thing. You don't know any of this. You just know from Colton from The Bachelor because we made fun of him a lot because he was like the right. vir- he was like he a virgin. That, Chris yeah. kept asking about it. It was like really awkward. Right. It was really strange. <laughs> that whole season. Right. Like he, he kept asking him. Yeah. There was a lot of questions <laughs> like, is he into, you know, what is he into? Well, he said like being on The Bachelor made him realize he's not gay. Okay. Which honestly, I, I, if it takes that for you to know yeah. that, maybe Man, yeah. there's some. I That's like know. a perk of the show, I guess. You, you know, like for people that are confused, you're gonna find out. You go in the bachelor and you find out. You know, <laughs> hey, right. I'm not this or I'm not that. Right. You no. get to know yourself better. Sure. So anyway, so Colton is green, and he's very, 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 very green. And he sees he he. Oh my God, I feel like that's why he freaked out in the show and stuff like that because he really wants his perception to be controlled. And Cassie and him, he, that's who he chose on his season. Cassie's a tricolor. And so she's, tricolors are the type, like, they can be very, uh, it's just their process. Like, they can be very confused. What what are her three colors? It's yellow, blue, and purple. Yellow, blue, purple. And she can be very, like, tricolors, it's just how they work. They they try things out, 
And then they're like, eh, I don't know. Or yeah, this works. Like one or the other. Okay. They, they kind of have to throw themselves in something to, to know themselves. So I feel like that's what she did with the relationship with Colton. She's like, okay, let's try it. And I feel like she gave her all. And I feel like then she was like, you know what? I tried it. I gave my all to this and I can't do it anymore. And I feel like she, you know, they had some sort of, okay, we're going to part ways. And he, she had to open up a restraining order against him because he has been harassing her, changing the narrative of what's really going on. He's attacking her. She, he's showing up. Like, it's I don't know all the details. And, like, I don't feel like we should because mm-hmm. that's a private situation for her. Yeah. And she's been victimized enough um, by what's going on. And then, like, there's all these prying eyes. But I feel like he can't accept that he can't accept reality at all. And yeah. I don't think it just goes with Cassie. I think he doesn't accept reality on any level. And he needs other people to bleed into his own sense of that or mm-hmm. give credence to it or support it. And she didn't do it anymore. And I think it's it's like a pillar he was leaning on and the guy broke. So that's that, scary. That's crazy stuff. Those, that's the, those people are scary. Like yeah. when they crack no, like he, that because he's got no center. No, I always got a real weird vibe from him on the show and in, in the two episodes that I watched. <laughs> you did. But you did. Um, you, you know, did. we also on this show on, on KYA, we also have uh, – like we do have paparazzi that we actually send out. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know you worked that out. Yeah. I have like, a, like I have about three or four people that work for me. Wow. I send them out and they actually brought back some pictures – of him and Pilot Pete Snow. checking out windmills. Oh, so, boy. Uh-oh. I don't know where you're going to go with that, but all right. Well, Let, let's move on to the next another one. Another win for Bachelor Nation. Yeah. Not really. Wind. wind another wind. <laughs> another for, wind. For Bachelor Bill. Nation. <laughs> all right. So the next one is someone we've had on the show. So, yes. of course, I know her, and you've been on her show, and yeah. you guys uh, talk to each other. Uh, Caitlin Bristow. Yes. Wonderful Caitlin Bristow. And, yes. Um. I don't want to mispronounce this guy's name. It's Artem. Artem. It's his dan- her dancing partner. Okay. So I know but, you had like kind of like a weird prediction that's crazy, yeah. that you posted a week before on September, Facebook. Yeah, on September 15th in the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Group. You know, it just kind of came up like, oh, yay, Caitlin, we're so excited for her and all that. And I felt the need to like kind of do a little couples reading on my story, which I just reposted in the group. And then underneath I wrote... Um, that she's going to have to bleed for this win. And I met, and the way that I said it, I feel like for, it was a premonition because mm. she hurt her ankle. Wow. And it was very touch and go whether she could perform. And man, she did it. She, you couldn't even tell one ounce of flicker of pain on that girl's face. And she went through the dance and people were like, she got high scores and she did, she's such a lovely dancer. And, you know, now it's very touch and go, you know? Right. So, so it's very much like she's, you know, super open about what's going on. They don't know, right. you know? So she's, I feel like this, I don't know why things happen, like, but I feel like it was supposed to for some reason because she's really going to show us what it takes to want something and like what you push through to get to that. I mean, she's going to use all her strength and inner strength and athletic prowess and all that. And I feel like she's going to have to bleed quite literally to win. And you know what? She wants to. A lot of power behind that. And I feel like this is going to, like Justin and the support that she has from Justin, it's going to get them. Jason. Oh my God. Yeah. Jason. It's going to make them stronger together. Mm. Jason. And what's uh, um, her partner's aura? Oh, he's uh, he's green. He's just pure one color? No. Straight. He's oh. 
he's green and he has purple in him too. Mm-hmm. So he's really creative and artistic and he can really see what other people, you know, he wants this big. He's like got choreographer, choreographer vibes. So he feels like he is going, he can work around her injury and he can make, he'll make her look excellent but oh, he want he's a winner he like the, he chill. feels intense to me okay like he is like let's get this going interesting now i know probably a lot of people now are probably going to try to take uh caitlin down they you know cause she wants to win so there's going to yeah. probably be people that are you know going to want to really get after her yeah and you know one of my paparazzi people oh. is cliff the mailman and oh. he actually has rumors uh has, has evidence that carol baskin is going to release some of her birds from her sanctuary because Caitlin's scared of birds. Oh my God. And to try to take her down. Like her rescue birds. She's going to release the rescue birds right. on the set. Yeah. The right exotic. before she dances. Oh my God. To try to get her off her game. Because Caitlin has a phobia of birds. Yes. Whoa. She's, you know, she plays dirty. Gotta watch that, Carol. You gotta watch her. So just, just, just letting you guys know. Oh my God. All right. Wow. Scary stuff. It is scary stuff. It's amazing right. the info you bring. <laughs> it's true. All right. I mean, I do my research and I do my work. I mean, I there's a lot of that goes behind this. Yeah. You know? Like we don't just pull this together five minutes before. No, not at all. This is, <laughs> I've been working on this for two weeks now. All right. The next couple yeah. is Christine uh, Anstead. Yes. Christina Anstead from Flipper Flop. Okay. And then, okay. So obviously you, you made a joke here and wrote Aunt Anstead. No, that's her. Well, soon to be ex-husband's no, you're, no, name. On. You're, you're turning the tables no, on No, his me. name is Aunt Anstead. Who would name their kid Aunt if their last name is Anstead? It's a really hard name for me to pronounce with my accent. Aunt Anstead? Aunt Anstead. I can't. It's like someone like with the last name Spiderweb saying, we're going to name our kid Spider. Spider Spiderweb. I mean, that's like yeah. the same thing. Or like our like firefighter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. You're like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to well, a child? Well, they did that. They did why that. Why would they do that? I to, don't know. Obviously, this is why they broke up. There's well, nothing else to it. It's the name. Yeah. She's uh, so she was married to Tarek um, Musa. I could have okay. said that wrong. Yeah. Who's now getting married to Heather from Selling Sunset. I mean, okay. You don't you don't watch I that, don't know so you don't that know. Is. Anyways, yeah. so that's the other one on Dancing with the Stars. No, that's Chriselle. Yeah. So anyways, don't confuse yourself. You look, totally, like, you look like your brain hurts. Yeah, I'm trying to be brought up on pop news and it's yeah. really bringing oh, me... I, know, even, you know, I, can't, I, I can't branch off. Okay, so okay. Christina's from Flip or Flop. And okay. we used to watch that. And remember, right. we used to get so stressed out because like yes. they would fight. And then, and then they did the show after they got divorced. And we're like, this is really stressful to watch. And then we stopped watching it. Right. Okay. So Christina's very yellow. <laughs> She's... Purple too, but she hot, you know, you can tell like she doesn't want, she controls her image. And I think she's interesting to watch. You know what I mean? Like she's definitely bright and shiny and sparkly and interesting. And that's why she has like all these shows. She's got two shows and all this. Um, But I feel like she controls her image a lot. And she definitely feels like a very independent, powerful, strong-minded woman. And Tarek is indigo. And I think that he just couldn't handle her distance sometimes as an indigo and they just didn't make it work that way. But this new guy, Ant, and they've only been together two years and have a baby. Oh. So it's kind of sad. Um, what did they name the baby? I mean, I'm not a butterfly? Even know. Like, Caterpillar? Like ladybug? <laughs> Potato bug? <laughs> Potato bug Anstead? <laughs> That's a cute name. Potato bug Anstead. Um, 
He's he's blue and purple. Okay. But he wears like a lot of inauthentic green and then some pictures he wears like inauthentic red because blue and purple guys sometimes have to right. absorb other colors to get through life, which sucks. But anyways, I feel like she finds these empath guys, but he's super purple. And I feel like he just freaked out on her. And I get, we might never hear the real story. And apparently they're very civil and okay. they're doing well and they're going to co-parent and stuff, but it's just so cold and weird. I think that's why we all want to know what's going on here because it's just too... Well, it seems like it just... Re- it's a repeat of the first guy. It's a total... Yeah, but he's... Tarek flipped out. Yeah. When... No, he, like, totally oh. freaked out. Like, he... I think he went through a horrific... Uh, the divorce was hard on him. Okay. Uh, mentally. And, and you... And here's the thing with these things. You Which can, is relatable. No, no, it's true. And you can tell in their recent... Like, their recent flips how it was off. Oh, yeah? Like, if you got one of their more recent flipped houses... Yeah. What do you think happens? The whole vibe was just terrible it's like the tiles don't match the, the tiles weren't matching yeah it was yeah. like weird things going on in there right. so um <laughs> i feel bad for those people really they're the real losers yeah. here like you know the you, double sinks don't match yeah yeah you, it was actually a triple sink oh one. no but yeah someone got a triple sink no, so, no. yeah i mean Tarek and christina were just it was just disaster it was bad yeah like everyone was always like, oh i'm getting one of the flipper flop homes and oh yeah that's what you got. But it was so. just like a metaphor for their dysfunction. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, so that's just weird. I think when people don't react like we do, like normal people, I think it's weird. And I think that's why Christina gets a lot of like, why are you so okay all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because, well, like you said, she's this deep yellow, right? Yeah, but like not that yellows are like that. It's like her shade of yellow yeah. is just extremely harsh. Okay. And I can get that when people... Just, you know what? I'm over it. Moving on. So you basically, know. basically what you're saying is if I went, and I have never done this, but if I went on her Instagram, mm-hmm. I would like feel horrible about myself. I would think she lives like the greatest life ever. Nothing ever happened. Yeah, no she, divorces. Yeah. It she, depends who you are looking at it. Yeah. Like she's got this Instagram where like everything's great, man. Like everything's perfect. Oh my God. It's like, a, it's like she's just yeah. ah, smiling at a flower right. or like, <laughs> it's just like, but, man, I would not be smiling at a flower if I went through this stuff. I'd be like freaking out in pajamas eating a lot of oh, ice cream that's, like that's but you know that's relatable that's yeah but she doesn't want us to see that and maybe she doesn't want us to see that because she she herself doesn't know how to navigate that stuff so she just pushes past it right. which is hard in a marriage because you're supposed to kind of like confront that stuff and i feel like she kind of um you know distances rather than well, talks well hey one of my paparazzi people oh, captured that image what? i have it christina eating cereal cocoa puffs in tattered pajamas. Oh, my God. I have it. I'm selling it to TMZ. Okay. All right. Last one. Last one. Uh, Little Pink Houses is up here. Um, <laughs> Teddy Mellencamp. Now, Daughter I recognize, of, yeah. yeah. Well, I recognize the name Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming she's from a small town. Yep. Well, you know John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. Yeah. yeah of course. Little Pink Houses, your, yeah, small town. Pre-1998. Yeah. Pre, yeah. I love yeah. those songs. Okay. And I, you don't know who Gavin Rosdell is, really? Gavin Rosdell? No. Oh, who's my Ga- God, Scott. Who's Gavin like, Rosdell again? Um, like he sang Glycerine. And- oh, I know the song. Yeah, that's him. Okay. I think that's him. I was much better last week when we were doing all the 80s with Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, and- I just need to apologize to everybody yeah. for that episode. Like all your 80s, like you have to be a certain age to understand them. Yeah, uh, you know. You don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the I 80s, enjoyed it. I read that the 80, 80s machismo is coming back. I read Ooh. this whole thing about it. Okay. Like, I didn't know 80s machismo was a thing. I didn't either. But when you watch Cobra Kai, you understand what 80s machismo is. I was wearing champion sweatpants. So you, I, I don't did you have it. 80s machismo? I don't think I ever had any, <laughs> any machismo. machismo? <laughs> Stop. I 
like I said. I was, I was like the karate kid without the karate. Like pre-karate? Yeah. I was I run. People told me run. You are a fast runner. Yeah, I was always a fast runner. You know, I would say snarky things, but then I ran. Can you jump over fences in one fell swoop like Colton? No, only if there's a step ladder. <laughs> Which there was. People they 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 whited it out. It was in, you could see it. No, it's not. He just he yeah. gazelled over that. I'll give him that. Yeah. Okay. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right. So All what right, happened with Pink Moving houses? on. Teddy Mellencamp. Okay. So, you know, I watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills yes, and you, ju- and you judge show. me for it. Passionately hate that show. I don't know why I watch it. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so Teddy Mellencamp was on it and she was actually had like a benign season. I don't know. She was like pregnant. And okay. She kept getting mad I mean, at... It should be a rule that you should not go on one of those shows where you're pregnant. It, I think when That's you're pregnant like on this show, it's hard. It's hard because like anybody that fights with you, it's just not a good look for them. You know, yeah. that's one thing. Well, and, also for that person, I mean, I I feel like if you go on a housewife show, mm-hmm. that's like the equivalent of having like wine while you're pregnant. Oh, you're right. You're smoking while you're pregnant. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, like you're around like... Yeah, it's toxic people. To- yeah. And they're going to be arguing and fight. That's no good for the baby. It's like radiation. Like you bow out. You yeah, know, you're right. pregnant on The Real Housewives, you bow out. Like, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, she was on it. She was like pregnant this season or whatever. And um, people were calling her boring or whatever. But you know what? She actually just got... Well, actually, I'll, I'll back it up. Okay. Teddy Mellon, when she first started this, okay. like maybe three years ago, I think she's been on, uh, she had like a little, she was like, I'm an accountability coach. Okay. Okay. So now, let me ask one more yeah. question. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Now, did she get on the show because of her father's last you know, name or because she was an accountability now, coach? Now, you just said something that's going to make her really stressed out. Oh my God. Because somebody, so Denise Richards was on this season okay. and it was reported through another cast member that she said um, she lives in her, she, she's like insecure about she lives in her father's shadow and she's insecure about it and you just kind of said that well i would think i mean just i have never you know i watched a couple episodes here yeah. but i would just think like if her last name was mellencamp i mean why can't you just accept that would she be on the show yeah well she doesn't want to accept that all right but i mean why can't like but it's true use it yeah i mean come on like you know the like the bush girls are anchors on today's show like that like, had nothing to do with it yeah yeah like, <laughs> maybe mccain was on the view i think she is yeah like you're telling me she would have been on the view if her yeah. father wasn't the great john mccain no no probably not of course not i mean just let's let's accept it but they yeah, all but accept like, it. Exactly. i don't know if every one of them wants to hear that you right. know well she doesn't anyways teddy mellencamp doesn't want to hear that right. now if i had that last name i'd be like yeah yeah that's what happened right i'm I'd, very lucky yeah. and blessed and Man, I, I had the last name Firester, and my dad was a teacher, so I became a teacher. Got me in there. <laughs> you know, he got me my first job teaching. He did! Yeah. In, okay. in like a very like entertaining school where? In the, 
in a very bad area. <laughs> but you loved it. It was wonderful. No, like we should do. Talk Guard about the door. That. Guard the door. I'll never forget you telling me about the field trip you went on. With that. Well, you, that's that's another. Oh that's my a, god! You just and you brought the janitor. I did bring the janitor. He was my best friend. And your sister. No. The, <laughs> And you lost a bunch of them on the way to the botanical gardens. Well, this is all, I mean, imagine taking a whole, like, 35 kids. Of street smart kids. Yeah, on a subway, <laughs> a train, you know, to go pick flowers. I mean, you're going to lose some along the way. And then but you, all, at the end of the day, they all got back to the spot they needed to. But then you let them to. write about it. Yes. Remember? And you oh, let me God. read that. Yeah. Um, one of them was like, I lost a quarter. Like, uh, some, uh, like they were trying to take the quarters no, the, out of the yeah, box. A lot of that? them had stolen the wish. The, you know, when you make a wish, the money you put in for wishes, a lot of them came home with pockets full of change. <laughs> they had taken the money. That's so- Great. Yeah. They're so smart, though. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, be, these yeah. kids are, they're, they're yeah. resourceful. I mean, those wishes are not coming true now, but, you know, all right. At least they oh made some God. money. But uh, anyway, That has right. nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Anyways, we're totally off tangent here, people. Teddy Mellencamp, when she started, she, had, she was an accountability coach, really small. And it, since then, it's grown. Okay. Now, you tell, I'll just tell you what it does, and then okay. you tell me. Okay. So she was a coach, and basically, like, you know, she was heavy years ago, and she lost a lot of weight, and she okay. said it, she, she did it, you know, she needed accountability. So okay. she uh, does this for other people. So, you know, you want you sign up with her as a coach. She texts you every day, tell me what you're eating today, take a picture of your lunch before you eat it, like, take a picture, and then this, and take, take every morning, weigh yourself, take a picture of your weight, you know, stuff like that. Take a picture of you working out like so it's like you have to eat what she says and then it's like an hour of cardio every day so that's like the rules and what happened was it grew because obviously she's on the housewives and she started getting coaches under her now nobody's certified okay okay so right there so she gets coaches under her which are just people that i don't know understand her program and you have to sign an nda Mm -hmm. to be on it so you know non-disclosure agreement which means so like to even be on the plan it's an nda and i think it's like six hundred dollars for the first month via paypal or venmo okay like and you just send it to her and it's no refunds right and the coaches that are now under her so they have clients and then those people can be so okay so okay so at one point what does that sound like well it sounds like kind of like um like uh, like one of those uh marketing scams Pyramid scheme. Pyramid scheme. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So basically at one point, like if I wanted to go to Teddy Mellencamp, I would have gotten her. Like, yeah. Okay. And whatever. So it have been like one-on-one with her. But yeah. then she was on the on the show. Yeah, it's big. And then she hired like four or five, whatever, yeah. 10 people underneath right. her. Right. And then they hired people underneath her, them. And now if I'm like Joe Schmo and I want to go, I'm going to just get like Janice as my person. Yeah. And pay her whatever the amount of money is. Exactly. And I'm in the Teddy Mellencamp all School, in program. All in program. Right. Now, yeah, that sounds like BS. Now, also, that's not even half of it. So okay. that's one. And then the other thing is the diet okay. is about people were calculating it because mm-hmm. it all this all like hit the fan right. like two weeks ago. And the diet is like 500 calories a day. People well, that, were calculating it. Well, that's not good. And the, the coaches, like people were starting screenshotting what the coaches were saying to them, like saying awful bullying things like, how dare you eat that? I want to now you do an extra 20 minutes or like that piece of, I don't know, never pair this carb with this pro, like horrible things. And then the people were, I'm so sorry. You better be sorry. Um, stuff like that. Like I went on a date and I had, uh, I ate a regular meal. I just want to be accountable to you about it. You know, you put a man before your own self. Like she went on a date, like, you know, just, there's no leeway or anything and 500 calories a day. Now you don't, you don't, you might not recognize this, 
But at, oh, and you have the food journal and stuff. This is what like people with eating disorders do. Okay. So it's it's very or disordered eating. It's very triggering for people yeah. who are already like seeking out ways to punish themselves and abuse themselves via food. That you have like a coach now. Um, like probably a lot of these unaware empaths are leaning into this, these coaches approval so that they feel better about themselves, but really it's through just self abuse. So anyways, all this hit the fan and then she gets fired and for, I, for, for that. No, they no. didn't say why oh. just, Oh, your contract wasn't renewed. That's uh-huh. what they call it. Yeah. And you can tell she didn't know because the rumors wow. were out before and yeah. she went on Twitter and she's usually pretty honest. She's like, you guys, this is all BS. None of this happened. Right. And then like a few days later, like, okay, yeah. So, like, so she was actually fired because most of the time they always say they quit when they really got fired. Well, yeah, and, and it's, she's like, well, I didn't get fired. My contract wasn't renewed, which is like, I don't know the difference. But, um, you know, she, but she, uh, I think they would have had her on again. Right, but it, this all came out. Yeah. Now, yeah. And, yeah, the, I mean, the whole thing really smells bad, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing that really got me, too. You know, and this is how I, you know, I knew all, whatever, everything you said was 100% on and correct. But why would you also have to buy the Greatest Hits album of John Mellencamp to yeah. be on the program? <laughs> they made you do that, too. I mean, seriously. And they marked it up, too. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. It was like fourteen ninety nine, And it's like an old CD, too. Yeah, you have to buy the CD. The CD. You can't stream it. You no. have to buy the CD. Greatest Hits, John Cougar. Make it hurt so good. I didn't even tell you her color. She's very, she's very what yellow, too. But it's like okay. a dark, murky yellow, which is kind Sorry. of like. Not um, pink, huh? No. No. No, not little pink houses. Murky okay. yellow is like, <laughs> I don't know, false reality oh backed up with logic. So is, the, is this um, scheme still going on or is it going to be? Yeah, cut, I, cut. I don't know how much of a hit she took, yeah. you know. It sucks because I don't like when people's businesses fail or cancel culture or like, so. It's, but this is different because yeah. it's attracting people who already have disordered eating yeah, that, and eating right. disorders and... Yeah. um. I don't know, perpetuating that and 500 calories a day. I mean, that's sick. That's ridiculous. No, you know, that's, that's terrible. Like whenever I've done anything like that, it's been, I've never been hungry. No. Like, uh, you know, remember Nancy Anderson? No. I've done her program. I was never hungry. If anything, it was like, this is a lot of food. No. Like I have to eat all this food yeah, like that. You know, yeah. you can't, it's not healthy. I mean, I've eaten 500 calories during this taping. <laughs> Like I, I got all these snacks Seriously. here. Seriously. So. No, like you should see their food. Oh my God. Like she had a recipe up for a taco. Okay. A taco? Are you ready? Yeah. It's one piece of romaine lettuce, but like tiny. Yeah. And that's blasphemy. That's not a taco. No, no, that's that's one. And then there was like um like a sprig of like I don't know. I'm gonna say like radish in it or something. And I'm not even joking. And there was some other like there was some sauce on it like that was just vinegar. And that she's like, oh, here's a taco. Oh. And I might be missing a couple things that are non-caloric. She called it a taco. All right. You know what? <laughs> You know what I need right now? What? I need better help. We got to talk about better help. Better help, man. So yesterday I, I, I had my, um, one, I've been using betterhelp.com, BetterHelp. Um, it's a professional um, online counseling service, you know, but you can call them, whatever. It's from your house. And I came downstairs after my session and I was like crying. You were bawling. But like I was happy crying. Oh, I was like, what happened? You're like, what happened? What's going on? Who do, what, I have to, who do I have to attack? Who do I have to get? That's what healing looks like, oh. Scott. <laughs> I was ready to go fight, fight against somebody. Yeah. I, so better help. So, you know, I think it's so important to have check-ins with your, with your mental health. And I've been using betterhelp.com 
slash KYA to do this with my lovely counselor. She's yellow and blue. I just love her. And she like does little, she gives me little things to do during the week before our sessions. And it makes me stop and pause and be like, oh my gosh, yeah. Or like gives me insight into myself because obviously I talk to you, you know what I mean? But sometimes I sometimes. feel bad like laying all my stuff on people that yeah. aren't me, you know, that... But she wants to hear it. That's right. her job. So it's nice to have this objective person. Yeah. No. I mean, and I know this ad is probably going to go a little bit longer. No, it but is it's really an ad. Been I don't want to goof on it or anything. But it, it is. Is it okay? So here's my question to you. Yeah. Like, you know, basically your whole practice is you know helping people yeah. live an authentic life. Yes. Um, and you're doing most, I assume most of the talking during this yeah. for your sessions and when you do your 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 uh, show, you know, your events and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Is it weird now to like, so now it's like the reverse, right? Yeah. Is that weird for you? You know what it is? I, and this happens during readings too. Like things will come out of my mouth and I'll get my own spirit guides being like, Hey Meg, you need to listen to this too. Yeah. Because just because I don't know everything, I'm just channeling stuff. Right. So I don't know. I really don't like I, and I'm humble enough to admit that. Like, I don't know everything, you know? And so I need reminders. So she just even gave me this like little thing, like give me your two-year plan and your five-year plan just for like your own self. And that was really hard for me because I never sat down and like, well, what do I want? Oh my God. It's so uncomfortable to want something. Oh my God. Like all that. And, um, yeah, so it's just it's a centering. It's kind interesting because like it's like so weird because like you you it you helps so many people and you're always jumping into their energies. Yeah, and now it's like kind of reverse. Well, I'm so used to being in other people's the energies. Other side, Sometimes yeah. I I forget who I am, right. and this helps me do that. Yeah, but I, I think we all do that. Like we go to work, or we have family, or yeah. we have friends, and we lose ourselves. Yeah. And something like BetterHelp can I don't know help you get back on track. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. And it's, it's a wonderful, pr- and it's very affordable. That's the other thing. And you're going to do it next. I'm going to make you do oh it Oh, my next. God. Yep. I, got, I mean, I'll be there for, I, I know the sessions are about a half hour. Yes. You're up there for about a half hour. I'll be up there for like days. <laughs> like they won't even let me off the computer. <laughs> They'll be like, like, wait a second. No, no, no. You got this issue. You got this issue. <laughs> you, you need more you better help. You have to come help. back tomorrow. You need extra help. Extra better help. help. <laughs> extra better help. <laughs> extra better help. So I, you know, it's, they ask you, the thing is with BetterHelp, they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Um, you connect in a safe and private online environment. It's very convenient. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. You can even write them little messages and they write back to you on the app. It's very nice. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can, Like I said, you can send a message to them anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I do the video. video? I, no, I'm sorry. I do the phone. I don't That's do fun. the video because I don't you know, want to do my makeup. but all it's all without having to sit in any sort of waiting rooms or deal with that or whatever BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free if you want to change counselors no judgment you just do it on the app you don't have to talk to anybody it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling it really is affordable and financial aid is available it's available for clients worldwide and they have expertise licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. Um, It's not a crisis line, but they are there for you, like if you need them in a pinch. Um, In fact, so many people use BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So here's, Mm -hmm. here's what 
I want you to do to live a happier life today. As a listener, if interested, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash KYA. You can join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health and join me too. Again, that is betterhelp.com slash KYA. That's awesome. And one of those million people is Cliff R. Mailman. Oh. He's a better help client. I'm glad. I hope I used the slash KYA code. You you sure did. Great. Oh, he sure did, yes. All right, what are we talking about today? So I talk a lot about unaware empaths. These are people who have not yet understood their total power within their empathy. And in episode 46, I talked about how unaware empaths can become flying monkeys, which is basically when an unaware empath absorbs into a narcissist's agenda and ends up doing the narcissist's bidding for them in order to gain a sense of self-worth and borrowed satisfaction from the narcissist. Um, and you want, if you want to hear more about that, that's episode 46. I go way into that. But because when you absorb others' feelings as your own and you're hardwired to prioritize them over your own, you will seek out the absorbed or borrowed feelings of others instead of seeking out your own connection. And unaware empaths can oftentimes shut out their natural connection to spirit and self while doing this. As an empath, it's important we see our shadow selves. It's important, you know, empathy works, our empath abilities work one way where we can help and heal and whatnot, but they can, they can get hijacked by the ego and work in a shadow way. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. How, if you understand this, you can have a better perspective and control over it and you can, you can just see it. You can see it, but you'll see it in other people and then it can be a little frustrating and triggering. So we see this on a broader scale. I see unaware empaths surrounded by people who are not like them. <laughs> There are people with just bigger, louder personalities that the unaware empaths can absorb into and they absorb into their ideals and they think, oh, these are my ideals too. I will see empaths not think for themselves basically and instead they'll just absorb into what others think. And anyone who goes against this, their borrowed thinking that they don't know is borrowed, they will then feel um, this person, anybody that goes against them is victimizing them personally because unaware empaths can be very upset and triggered by someone who has a dissenting viewpoint, which doesn't match the viewpoint they've borrowed from the people around them that they've flagged as their protectors or their programming and that they've somehow decided shapes their own identity. Remember, what you think is not your identity. What you connect to inside yourself, that's identity. Thoughts change, and it's okay to change thoughts. It's okay to be open to new thoughts. It's okay to evolve your thinking. People get very stuck on what they think is their identity, and as empaths, like that can happen by absorbing other people. It's not fun to admit you've been this person in the past because many of us, we're brought up with ideals and around people who we loved and maybe we used to agree with them or absorb into their stuff, but now we don't. And it can be very uncomfortable to have different thoughts and more even progressive ideas or spiritual ideas or you know, we start having awakenings and stuff and we have different viewpoints than the people who we love so much. And then you feel like you're disconnected a little bit because you used to borrow their approval or used to borrow, that was like a commonality. I'll just ride on that wave of whatever you're thinking as a way to um, feel a part of you. So now you're going to have to build a relationship with those people differently. And that's that's hard. It can create a feeling of distance or loneliness. And, And that's a huge thing for empaths. We don't like to feel isolated and lonely. We like to feel other people around us. 
But if you're still stuck in the unaware empath zone, different viewpoints means, you know, they don't love you. (laughs) I see so many times children of unaware empaths feeling victimized by... I, will, I see so many times like the children of unaware empaths will trigger their parents' victimization because they feel like because these parents um, of the of the empaths will feel like their child is doing something which has nothing to do with them, but they'll take it personally. All right. Let me just give you a story. I had a reading with a woman a few years ago and she gave me pictures of herself, her husband and her daughter and the daughter was gay. And I saw that the dad was like super against it and like stuck in his ways. And I saw that they had estranged themselves from their daughter because she not just was gay. She was like kind of like just living her life being gay. She was dating a woman and, you know, she wasn't hiding it. And she was just she she moved out of state and was living somewhere where she felt more comfortable being herself. Um, She was just living her life. And the mom's question to me, like she was a mess. She was like, well, how do I fix her? Why is she doing this to me? Why is she doing this to her family? Like the mom actually felt this was the daughter's way of punishing her. Like this, this, the whole point of the daughter being gay and living her truth was to punish mom. That this was personal. And I took a breath because like, it's really hard. And I think you've all been here when you see something and you feel it so strong and you have to explain it in a way that doesn't make somebody defensive. And that's where I was at in this reading. So I took a breath and I took this moment and I asked spirit, just please just do this for me. And I took this as as a time to use my own way of dealing with this type of thinking. And I spoke to her just human to human. And I explained to her, you know, in the reading that she herself was a blue aura and what that meant that she was feeling other people's feelings, namely that of her religious, her, her religious beliefs and her circle of friends and family and her program beliefs. And above all, her very stubborn husband. And because that was bigger and stronger and more powerful and loud, and she was absorbing that energy and thinking it was real, she felt it was more real than her daughter. And that her ego you know, was telling her that it was personal to her. That because she her whole life has not felt worthy unless everyone agreed with her and saw her as a loving and helpful woman, she felt attacked by her daughter. And the attack was making her feel like she had to choose. And the ego doesn't want her to choose. The ego wanted her to stay the same. That's because the function of the ego is to make us stay the same. But that her daughter was not doing this on purpose, I was trying to explain to her. <laughs> and, and the fact that this was a hard, this was very hard for her daughter to be going through on her own end to feel distanced from her mother and father, that maybe that was, you know, trying to see the other side. Because sometimes on our empaths, they feel so victimized. They don't see like other people have feelings too that aren't yours. Like maybe they feel like that too, which is hard for an unaware empath because they can get super defensive when they think they hurt someone else's feelings. So I had to say that gently to her. And I tried to tell her, you know, would you be upset if she was born with brown eyes instead of blue? You know, this is just how she was born. And I tried to explain that to her. And I tried very hard to say this in ways she could hear it because when you make someone, especially an unaware empath defensive, you lose them. Their trigger is hurt feelings. They run. They can't deal with feeling like anything is their fault in any way. They're not there yet. So to make her understand her daughter, I had to make her understand. I had to do this little kind of roundabout way that she loved her daughter so much that this was her backwards way of protecting her. Because this mother knows the world is so harsh because she herself has never felt safe unless she was part of a group who told her what to feel and think. 
that she had to give that same lesson to her daughter. She was just trying to protect her daughter. And I told her that as the good mother I knew she and her heart was, she had to help her daughter be strong in a world that doesn't understand her. And so I gave her a job because to get to a a more aware empath state, she needed to feel useful and helpful. And I told her her job was to be a bridge of communication and not to cut off her daughter, but instead to listen and to try to understand that this was her, her selfless act as a mother to really reach out to her daughter with just the unconditional love of God, that her daughter needed her to do that, that, that this woman was the only person who could ever be her daughter's mother. That's the, old, that the type of validation she can give her daughter is unique to her, that she was special. And this woman cried because I truly believe no one had ever called her special before. And she didn't think she was, but she wanted to be. And I tried to get her to see that she could be, she could be special by being this person to her daughter, by validating her, by listening to her, by giving her love, no matter what. And the woman understood. And we ended on we ended the reading on a note of positivity and I wish I could say it all changed, but I never heard from her again. And honestly, usually when I do readings, I hear, I hear from y'all again. So it was for me, a kind of sadness. And I, and I feel like she probably went back to her ego state, her numbness, taking up her husband's energy, wearing it like a shield against her daughter. Because at the end of the day, this woman didn't feel any importance or worth unless she was blanketed by a stronger and louder and majority energy of thought. She did not feel like she could ever stand against that and survive. That's what it comes down to. The ego didn't allow her to feel like she could survive if she had a dissenting thought, a dissenting viewpoint. Her ego was so much hijacking her empathy that it made her feel completely worthless and that her only worth was to absorb in to the feelings of the people who were stronger than her and her programming. And it's hard as a mom myself to understand that, you know, like I don't judge when I do readings because I I have to take myself out of that because when I do readings, spirit allows me to see it in a different way. And honestly, it's more of an impartial way. It's the way of spirit because there's no judgment in spirit. There isn't, there's just consequence. You do something, you get that back tenfold. You show the universe who you are, they magnify it for you. That's it. And when I do a reading, I can't judge. And I don't because it's a real, the way I do readings, it's a real, um, it's a real slap in the face. Just like, we know nothing, you know, like we really, and, and the only way to know anything is through the energy of love. If you approach with love instead of like your brain or your logical thought or your programming, if you approach with just love heart to heart, that spirit, that's how you get, that's how you understand things. That's how you know. But the ego shuts that down and tells you it's weak. But that's how the empaths, that's how we communicate. So we, we're living in this whole big society that's telling you that the way that you are is not how to know things. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
I have found that a lot of us on our journey want to be understood and it's frustrating as an empath because it's not going to always happen. And I feel like the more aware we get, the more we can look around and see the perspective of how we used to think and understand that others just got stuck there at some point where you moved on, they got stuck. And they are too scared. They are too deeply within their subconscious to ever get out. And you want them to see the light like you have. But arguing doesn't really work with empaths. You have to appeal to the heart. You have to look them in the eye and get them to absorb you in a way where there is a heart connection. Otherwise, it's, otherwise it's going to be this defensive wall of the ego and their programming. And with that, there's just no winning. And, you know, I see on social media, people just yelling at each other. I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, it's never going to work. Like, that's not how this works. And not every one of them you will talk to will ever feel safe enough to keep this awareness they gain as they continue on their journey. Like, you can get through to them, but them keeping that going, that's work for them. And not very few of them can do it. So if you've hit the recovering empath process, like where you're an aware empath and you're moving through all that, you need to like applaud yourself. It's a lonely journey, but it's the only way to go. Otherwise you're stuck because when an empath is aware, they, it is, an empath is unaware. They tend to take on the energy of the loudest, most normalized thing around them. And it's just so easy to fall back into that pattern because of fear. I am really hopeful that as empath awareness grows, we use it to our betterment. Because, of course, I see a lot of empath stuff out there, like we all do. But we have to talk about how the ego hijacks it and uses it against us. You have to see, like, how it can be a weapon. It can be weaponized by your ego. It can see, you know, we can be completely blindsided into absorbing into the wrong places that are more about like safety and that reflect the overall feeling of not being able to make it on your own and the avoidance of confrontation and the possibility of being alone in our convictions can make an empath feel completely bottomed out. Like they won't be able to do it because unaware empaths have zero confidence, zero connection to themselves. They're only tethered to spirit is by borrowing it from others, borrowing others, approval, satisfaction, and protection by being someone who supports others' narratives with their presence and allegiance. And understanding that can help us help them and help ourselves too. So listening to your, your uh, speech there, it kind of brought me back to a time. And I guess we'll, we'll go a little serious Scotty here. Serious Scotty. Yes. That was ranked as what the number third thing. Number three. Number three. That they like that you do. That I do. Okay. That taken from the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family poll. Yes. This is, of course, this is now reverse Jumanji if you're playing, so you can put something back on because you went in the shower. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it took me back to a time when I, you know, a school district I used to work for. And, you know, we, we were probably, if not the lowest paid school district in the county, we were like the second to last. I mean, we just, I mean, the, the pay was bad, the benefits were okay, um, and we were constantly out of contract. So we, we, you know, we were in a union. We had unions. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean, out of contract? It, it means like we were working without a contract. So like a contract could be like a two-year contract, three-year contract. But when the contract expired, you know, you were supposed to make a, a new contract and then get like raises and new benefits and all that. But if the contract expired and nobody had signed it, the, the teacher's union or the administration – then you basically were working on the same pay. On the old contract. On the old contract. Where everybody else is doing different things, you're right, in you're, limbo. Right. So we were constantly, the contract would end and then, you know, we'd be on, there'd be no agreement and we'd be on that old contract. And, you know, 
it was such a low pay, it, it really used to bother me. Like, it, like, and I don't know, like a lot of people would go around the school, like say, oh, you know, we, we do it for the love of the kids or, you know, we do it for this or that. It's not about the pay, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And for me, I always felt like that was the one thing that really nagged at me there, mm-hmm. why I couldn't keep working there, but, you know, I had to get out of there because, like, it, fe- it felt like everyone was so, like, kind of, like, beaten down. Like, yeah. their energy was so beaten down that they didn't feel that they were worth the raise. Like, like, and the school district, you could have a school two miles away in a different district and they'd be making, you know, ten, twenty thousand $20,000 more than you uh, and on the same level uh, of teaching experience. So that used to really bother me. I, I don't know if that kind of fits yeah, into what totally you're saying. They beat you guys down because... They're yeah. going to make you feel bad for wanting more. Right. Like, oh, you want money? Yeah, that's wow. what it was. What kind of person are you? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're right, because em- a lot of people, te- teachers are empaths. Yeah. So they feel like, you know, you're right. It's terrible to want more money, especially, you know, um, teaching kids. Like, this is awful. I think a lot of times empaths, when they do work, they think they, all, they almost feel bad getting paychecks for it. Yeah. Because the payment isn't the money. The payment is more like how you feel doing it. Right. But you do need to self-advocate for money. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, it was like, it was so weird. Like, they were all like, it kind of, I mean, not everyone, I don't think, but like most of them were all on that page. One, one lady actually said to me like, oh, you know, if we got a raise, you know, we'd have to pay more taxes. And I was like, what is wrong with you? you yeah. Know, you know, of course you would pay more taxes. Yeah. But that's not a reason for them not to pay you. Well, she was finding reasons yeah. that made her not feel worthless. Right. Like, oh, no, it makes sense, so it's okay. See, she got defensive. Yeah. That was, that's like an example of an unaware empath getting defensive yeah. in a way about um, not sticking up for themselves. Right. I mean, you can use it. There's so many contexts where you can see people just like, oh, it's okay. I don't want it anyways or because yeah. they feel bad asking for more or asking for what they want or thinking outside them. So, yeah, yeah, I remember you getting so oh, so I mean, I'd be so, I was so angry. Why because, didn't you go on the union? I, I was always one, yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, it was such a weak union. I mean, it was a weak union. I mean, it was like a weak union. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I probably, I mean, you know, looking back on it, I probably, I probably should have. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I, you know, I, I'd only worked there, I think I was there for six years. So, you know, some of the teachers that have been there 10, 20, 30 years were, oh, you didn't feel were like, union people. Maybe I felt like you weren't. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't like uh, enough senior seniority. Enough, yeah. yeah. It was more like the older teachers were on the union. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, you're right. I, I could have. You're right. That, that's probably on me. But that's something. But that I, you would do today, not back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, today. I'd be yeah, like, because no you, you, and I probably might have triggered you That's even. the spiritual awakening. Yeah, yeah you I might. Could, have, I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even do it. I mean, it triggered I, you. I just looked, looked at them, like, and I was like, don't you want more for yourself? Like, like I want more for myself, but, you know, I, again, I wasn't on the union, so, you know, I was still doing the job, but then eventually but do you think I that, got like, out of there. It bothered you because you were like, don't you want more for yourself? But really, that was like you talking to yourself. Yes. And Scott, hey, don't you want, but you didn't. Yes connect to that till like now maybe even well i always like would keep up that that little wall there that mm-hmm. you know like i felt like oh I, I can get out of here you know like i'm leaving i'm leaving and i and i did you know yeah and, I, and we did move to florida yeah and um you know so you know i didn't leave teaching but <laughs> i had to leave that district because it was such a 
like a negative vibe to it. But maybe it bothered you and, too. But I, like, I, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe it bothered, bothered you because it maybe did. you felt like that's that was like something that was going on within you. You're like, oh, don't I want more for myself? You know, kind of. Yeah. That's the other thing. When we see people going through something and, and we're like really angry or upset or whatever, we're like, oh, what is this saying about... You have to think like, what's this yeah. saying about me? Why does this bother me so much? Yeah. And like, it was probably like your relationship with yourself it in was. a lot of ways. Oh, of course it was. But now, and I wasn't doing anything about it. But then we moved down here and the yeah. HOA was a mess. <laughs> and I cleaned that up. And then you ran you ran for it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now you're on the HOA. So I think like that's kind yeah. of how you are now. Yes. Like these little tiny well, I, I <laughs> leadership mean, Right places. now, and I'm going to go out of serious cat mode. Oh. So now we do have, you know, a staff of paparazzi. Oh, and yes. They, they, they're, they formed a union. Oh, you know, they did. Cliff the mailman is the, <laughs> is the union leader. <laughs> they all pay dues to him. And, uh, you know. They're, they're sticking up for themselves, and I like when they come at me and say, "Hey, you know, we want you know better, better uh, benefits." So, and I give it to them. Oh, but, really? Yeah, yeah, I do. They do. They have a they, <laughs> they have a great plan for Starbucks. That's where, great. Yeah. Oh, a Starbucks plan. It's a Starbucks plan. No health insurance, but Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, yeah, let's end on that. Note. <laughs> Thanks, guys, so much for for coming and listening today. I appreciate you all so much. Take care. <laughs> 